0: Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you joined us this morning. We have our technical issues worked out from weeks gone by. We are praying that this goes as well as it possibly can this morning on this Palm Sunday. What a joyous day it is! We get to celebrate with all of you. We pray you all are all doing well. Um, we have some exciting things to tell you about here at the opening of this video of, of this this service. So just just keep in mind, um, we're we're still trying. We're we're a work in progress. Give us give us your grace. As we get through this, I want to just talk about the title of our sermon series for a moment as we begin today. Nobody expected nobody. And I want you to think about how ironic that title truly is right now. Nobody expected nobody to physically be at church next Sunday on Easter. There wasn't a person on this planet that could have predicted even a month ago that no one would be able to go to a church building to worship with their family and friends and congregation on Easter Sunday. But Easter will continue. Easter is going to happen. We're going to celebrate the resurrection of Christ like we do each and every Sunday, but especially important on that Easter Sunday that we recognize each and every year. So here's what I want you to do. And I, I need your help. I, I cannot do this by myself. We want this Easter Sunday, even though we can't physically be here, we want this Easter Sunday to be the biggest Easter Sunday that Berea Christian Church has ever had in her history since 1892. Now, how is that going to happen? Here's how it's going to happen. You and I have to get to work inviting people to to our Sunday service next Sunday at 10 a.m. We will post on Monday a link, an invite on Facebook for you to send out the foundation. Family and friends, You can text them the uh, URL, the address, the, the website address for our church, bccbrazil.org. You can send them a link to our YouTube channel, Berea Christian Church. This might be the easiest church invite you've ever had to make. You can invite hundreds, if not thousands of people to join you at church this next Sunday. And here's the best part for them. It's going to be really easy for them to attend that next Sunday service, that next opportunity. So just keep that in mind. Start thinking right now of creative ways to invite people. Let's make next Sunday the biggest Easter Sunday ever in the history of Berea Christian Church. Be creative with this, okay? Be creative. Talk to people. We also have something exciting for you that's coming this Friday. I'm not going to tell you all the details, but we are going to have a Good Friday service this Friday night at 8.30. Typically, we do those earlier on in the evening, so people that, that don't like to drive after dark and things can be a part of that with us, but this year, no one has to leave the comfort of their own home, so we can do it at 8.30 on Friday night, all right, 8.30 Friday night. It'll be very short, okay? Again, we'll create a Facebook event for this, too, so you can invite people, but uh, 8.30 Friday night, we are going to have a very simple good Friday service. We've got some awesome ideas that we're excited about um, for Friday night. So just uh, join us then as well. Let's take a second and pray for those two things. Father God, we are so excited about Easter coming up, even though it will be an Easter like none of us. There's isn't a single one that has ever experienced an Easter like this one. Father, that doesn't take away the meaning of easter that doesn't take away what you did for us that does not take away the power of the church across this world to unite and celebrate what your son did for us and father him walking out of that tomb father we can't wait to be a part of that together let those that we invite be receptive to join us next sunday morning at 10 a.m to be a part of that service with us open up the doors the avenues the channels we need to reach out to everyone around us to invite them to be part of this service with us. Father, at the same time on Friday night as we have our very simple Good Friday service, we pray that that event goes well for you. Father, it brings glory and honor to you and that we can just take in the moment the seriousness of everything that happened on that evening and consider what your son did in laying down his life for us. Father, we love you and we thank you for this way that we had to communicate with one another right now in these difficult times, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, last week, uh, I gave you guys a challenge. Um, and, and the challenge was simply two words Have you? So this week, have you? Have you loved your family a little extra this week? Have you shown some extra love to your spouse this week? Have you shown some extra love and kindness to your neighbors, to the people you've seen when you have gone out? to places. Uh, Folks are in desperate need of it. Most people aren't getting anything complimentary at all in their life right now, so just a simple conversation across the fence is a great thing to do this week. Check on your neighbors. Make sure they're doing well. Have you spent extra time in God's Word this week? Have you spent extra time in prayer this week? So many things that we can do to be growing closer to God through his word, through prayer, to each other, to our families, even to our families and friends that aren't with us, just calling them on the phone, chatting with them online. There's so many different ways that we can get involved with each other. Have you gotten a chance to be a part of the study in Philippians that we're doing online? Throughout the week that we're posting online, they're very short devos each day, uh, based on the book of Philippians. We start at the end and we're working our way backwards. I don't know how long we'll continue these, but I'm excited to do it. I know for me personally, reading those individual passages each day and kind of the key thought from each day was so important to me for that day, and I pray that it has been to you. If you missed some of those, they are all on our website. There will be a link uh, by Monday that has all of last week's. So it'll say Week One. You can click on that, see all. Of last week videos as well as next week's as we begin to post them starting on Monday. Please join us with that. Share those with others. We would love to get hundreds of people involved with that video as uh, time goes on. One other exciting thing that we want to tell you about is a new technology we've been playing with this week that we want you to participate in the service with us. It's this. It's called Berea Christian Church dot online dot church. And so, for everybody that's watching online right now, if you're watching, especially on your TV or maybe on your computer, get out your phone or get out a tablet and go to this website right now: Berea Christian Church dot online dot church. And it will come up with a screen something like this. The online, the uh, the mobile screen is a little different than. Uh, the, uh, the computer screen. But go to this website. You can watch it there. So you actually could open on your TV. You can make it go full screen on your TV. Same way. But it adds this little chat feature. And so we can now talk to you during the service. Uh, we've got lots of people that will be online. And we can now interact with one another and comment on things as they happen. And so we want to utilize that. It's a really cool technology. We want lots of people to do it. But we also want to show you another layer that this allows us to do just below the screen. So right over in here, There's a button that says, prayer. You can click that button, and when you do that, we've recruited about four or five people to act as hosts during the service. So when you click that prayer button, then somebody's going to get a message on their screen and they're going to accept the request and then you will begin chatting with that other person about whatever it is you need prayer for and you guys will get to have a, a dialogue about that it's a super cool thing it's a neat way to interact with people to have some privacy that prayer chat is not part of the public chat so nobody else will be seeing that chat at all so please use this technology use these opportunities to engage with each other it's it's almost it's not like being in person but Hey, at least we get to converse like we're at church during the sermon. So use that today as you watch the service online. Berea Christian Church dot online dot church. There's a link on our website as well. Last week we defined a nobody as a person of no influence or consequence. Oftentimes the world likes to cast these people completely aside. No hope for them. Sometimes people are even singled out at a very young age for lots of different reasons. No hope for them for any success in their life. No one thinks they'll amount to anything. And then becomes the problem when that's what everyone thinks of you. Then it becomes that self-fulfilling prophecy where you don't try to push that envelope. You don't try to prove those people wrong. We probably all know somebody that was influenced in that way and maybe you or I have had that experience in life as well. And so as we get started today in the message, I want to remind every one of you of what we said last week. There are no nobodies in Christ's eyes. Jesus does not think of any way. He does not feel that way about any one of us. God created every single one of us on purpose and for a purpose. Don't ever forget that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Our past Our family, our skills do not limit us anyway. in the eyes of God. By His power, by His grace, by His blood, we can be set free from the curse of sin and death. We can be set free from the bonds of this world, which might include those burdens of low expectations that some of us grew up with. The pain of ridicule, the pain of rejection. We can be set free from what seems like that curse of a bad upbringing possibly, which led maybe us in the wrong direction. Jesus, Jesus through his love, through the word of God, through his church, through his people within the church and their love, that will lead us to the freedom. The freedom starting today. You can have that freedom. If you've never experienced that before in your life, the freedom of Christ is available to you today. You must simply accept him as your Lord and Savior. And you might say, why? Why would I want to do that? Well, keep listening. Because we're going to keep explaining, not just today, but next week and every week to follow, why, why you should accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And here's the thing, if you feel like, no, I still don't think he loves me. I still don't think anyone cares about you. Let me just remind you of how much value you have. If you were the only person ever to walk this planet, you were worth dying for. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Don't ever forget that that reminds you of how much you are worth in the eyes of your creator. There are no nobodies in the eyes of Christ. God routinely then, throughout the Bible, takes these nobodies, these people that the world looks as, as nobody, nobody of any significance whatsoever. People like prostitutes and tax collectors and fishermen. Even the heroes of our faith, the Josephs, the Moseses, the Davids, God chose these least likely people so many times and times and times again to represent him and his cause, to save his people, to stand up for what is right and to get people to turn away from their evil ways. It's an incredible process. In today's text, we find Israel waiting waiting. They're waiting on God to return to them. They're waiting on their Messiah, their deliverer, to come and once again, this time free them from Rome. They're waiting the ancient prophecies to come true. They're waiting for Elijah to come true, or to come back and to prepare the way for their Saviour. It's been over four hundred years now since God sent that last prophet. It was sure time. So what God do? Well, God sent John the Baptist, a man perceived by some to be a madman, by others to be a genuine prophet of God. Now, was John a nobody? Well, truthfully, no. Now, John was the son of a priest. John's birth was a miracle predicted by an angel. That's pretty significant, I would think. But in the eyes of the world, the crazy, long-haired, camel-skin-wearing, locusts and honey-eating, wandering the wilderness, proclaiming the same message of the prophets of old. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Messiah will soon be here. In the eyes of the world, that was going nowhere. It really wasn't accomplishing anything. Yet, John had this crazy, strange attraction. People flocked to him. There was something drawing people from all over Israel to see John a nobody, crying out in the wilderness. Mark's words tell us best in Mark chapter 1 verse 5. It said, the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him, John, in the Jordan River. Now, we're pretty sure John was using a little bit of a figure of speech, or Mark, sorry, was using a little figure of speech as he wrote this. Everybody surely didn't come, right? But either way, that means, that means there were a lot of people coming to see John. And it seems like most, if not all, when they came, repented of their sins. Something he was saying was convicting them to the core. It's crazy. A word, the words of a nobody in the wilderness drawing people to God. It's funny how God works, isn't it? He was setting the stage perfectly for what was to come in the most unexpected of ways. He was building the anticipation for this coming king, the deliverer, his son through the service of a humble prophet. Did the world realize what was happening? Probably not. In a culture that had been ruled for generation after generation by conquering kingdoms, their desire was worldly. They were hoping and praying for a physical, societal, and economic deliverer who would restore the glory days of Israel, who would reestablish the power and influence across the region, someone who would come in and free them from the bondage of the taxes and the oppression forced upon them by the Roman government. Was there anything wrong with these desires of humanity? Well, of course not. No, it's human nature. It's built into our DNA by God himself to long for freedom. The issue lies when we fail to realize that physical freedom is secondary to our spiritual freedom that can only be provided through Jesus. No amount of physical freedom or financial freedom will ever satisfy this God-given desire freedom every human being seeks can only be found in Jesus Christ. The freedom we seek can only be found in the truth. Jesus is the one that said, he alone is the way, the truth, and the life in John 14:6, He also said, if you abide in my words and you are my true disciples, <clears throat> then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Regardless of the circumstances which exist all around us, the truth has the power to set us free no matter what. And if the sun sets you free, then you are free. Indeed, who wants that freedom, especially in these times in which we live? Unfortunately, you know, the masses, well, they, they didn't really agree with Jesus. Jesus' words, his plan, they didn't seem to resonate with the crowds of the day, let's be honest, does Jesus' message resonate with a lot of people today? The Jews were looking for a conquering king to come in to clean house and take over, to right all the wrongs that had been committed against Israel and God's people. They didn't see personal salvation as a key factor in their freedom, they wanted political and economic salvation of the state and the individual. Those ranked far higher than personal devotion in salvation, so they searched for just such a leader to arrive. In our culture, can you think of something where people, the people are all longing for something. Now, I know the reality, we live in a very divided world, so finding something that everyone is longing for is probably going to be pretty hard to do, if not impossible, a- apart from the fact, the common thing that we have, that all of us are loved by Jesus, but many don't know, understand, or refuse to admit that reality, so we have to share that with them. This is a great time of year to begin doing that. However, the reality is, let's talk about something very superficial. Maybe we can find some things that we we could have in common. Movie buffs. Have you ever long awaited, you've been longing for that movie to come out? For me, a lot of times, it was sequels as a kid. It took years for those sequels to come out, and we longed for that movie to come out, and then we go see it. And it was a flop. It was a dud. Why did they even bother making it? They should have just stuck with the original. I remember, we were longing for it to get here, and then it got here, and no one was satisfied. Maybe you've had that experience in life. For me, one of my favorite things in life, things I long to do, is... Ride roller coasters. I love roller coasters. Roller coasters are awesome. The taller, the steeper, the faster, the better. They are incredible. And I can remember as a kid in seventh grade I found this place called Cedar Point. It's an amazing place. I think when all this ends this summer, we should take a big church family trip up to Cedar Point. I'll organize it. If you're in on that, use the Berea Christian Church dot online dot church website. Post right now. Hey Chris, that's a great idea. Why don't we schedule a big family vacation up to Cedar Point? That's not part of the story. But when I was in seventh grade before Before we've ever gone to Cedar Point, I remember this time of year, there was a commercial for Kings Island. That's where we went in the summer. And this commercial, the highlight of the commercial was a new roller coaster. Now, the roller coaster was called Adventure Express. It was new at the time, never ridden it, brand new. And the climax of that commercial was that roller coaster going up a very steep hill. And, And it looked like the car was rocking back and forth. And there were these big stone guys on either side banging drums. And it looked really exciting and intense, and we couldn't wait to ride it. So we went there that summer. We got in line. We got to that point in the ride. I am excited. I live for the drop. I love the drop. It's the most fun part of any ride out there, for sure. We get to the very top of the hill, and then we rolled back into the station, and that was the end of the ride. There was no hill. There was no drop the worst ride I've ever ridden in my entire life. That's the worst roller coaster known to man. The only thing I ever enjoyed about that roller coaster was taking junior hires on it with me as a youth minister and tricking them into believing that there was a drop on the other side. And that was it. That was the only fun I ever had on that ride in my entire life. But that's a whole Another story. The disappointment that existed. Maybe you're a sports fan, a college pro, pro sports fan, and you're longing for your team to get that franchise player or to get that coach that's going to take you to the next level. Let's be real, folks. We're all still waiting on the next Peyton Manning, aren't we, Colts fans? And ISU fans, I probably don't need to go here, but Larry Bird's not coming again. We've we, we held that hope for how long now, and he's never made it back to indiana state yeah we long for these things and yet we're consistently disappointed at this point in history it seems like half of the people are always unhappy with whatever is happening doesn't matter pick any element of life even fans of successful teams are always griping and complaining when their teams don't do as well as they think they should they don't appreciate what they have this is the way of the world these are just superficial utterly completely meaningless Things for sure. These There are those around the world right now that are slaves. There are people right now being sold into slavery. There are people right now in our very own state that are victims of human trafficking. You see, the longings of the Israelites are very real in the world today, wanting the freedom that they thought their Savior, their Messiah, could bring them. We must understand that there are countries all around the world where people are abused by those in power physically, emotionally, and economically as well. People longing for the same freedom that those Jews sought in the times of Jesus. Paul describes this longing so well in the book of Romans. It's the natural longing of the world and its inhabitants ever since the fall of that the creation, the whole creation, has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, we, the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, we were saved. An incredible passage, the world longs, it groans, the world searches, but though the world longs, it doesn't know necessarily what it longs for. It searches in all the wrong places. People often find some satisfaction in the things of this world, but they'll always be longing for more. That's where you and I come in. We have the more. His name is Jesus and his love, the message of freedom, that's only found in him, of love, of grace, of forgiveness, of mercy, and yes, salvation as well. The people in Jesus' time were searching, hoping, even praying for their Redeemer. So God sent a nobody. Well, seemingly a nobody. He sent a baby born to insignificant, an insignificant man and an insignificant woman. Now, I know, yes, they were distant relatives of King David. But let's be honest, they weren't wealthy They didn't have any power or influence. They had no education really to speak of, no great connections within the Jewish community, no tremendous leadership skills to rally enough people to rise up against Rome. Just a man and a woman with a very unusual story and maybe a little hard to believe story about how their son was conceived. Worse yet, They didn't do anything to try to promote this so-called Savior Son, this to-be Messiah. He, He wasn't sent to the finest schools. He wasn't trained to succeed on a world stage. No, he was raised as a carpenter's son, learning the trades of his father, likely helping those in his local community, all the while learning the Jewish faith alongside his peers. Now, the cool thing was, he did exhibit some, uh, a little different abilities than some around him. He seemed to be able to retain the information a little better. He seemed to be able to apply the truths of the Jewish faith a little bit better. There's one small glimpse into the childhood of Jesus, where he stays behind, unbeknownst to his parents, at the temple. And Luke records this happening. He was sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions and everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers but here's the thing even then he was just a kid from nazareth jesus grew up and he began his ministry but then he certainly didn't help himself any he chose people that in the eyes of the world were worth nothing. Instead of choosing the rich and the influencers, the respected within the communities, as to be the ones he would train and prepare for the mission that lied ahead, he chose fishermen. He chose tax collectors. He even chose a thief to teach. He even chose those that were skeptical of this nobody. There's a great scene in the book of John where Jesus chooses Philip, Philip runs back to probably his brother, Nathaniel. He explains everything that Jesus has told him and how this Jesus is from Nazareth. And Nathanael's reply, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel totally rejected the idea of Jesus being the Messiah simply because he was a nobody from Nazareth. No one of power or influence or anything great could come out of Nazareth. That was Jesus. Then as Jesus began his movement, he should have been out in the big cities. He should have been meeting with religious leaders, political leaders, with wealthy businessmen that could have funded his movement. He should have been working on his ground game, to quote that political term right now, to get the word out about his cause and who he was. But instead, he chose to hang out with tax collectors and sinners, prostitutes, those that were crippled, those that had diseases which made them outcasts from society, nobodies, no one with any power, no one with any influence at all, no one who could help promote his message, well, at least no one who could help promote his message in the eyes of the world. Instead of forming alliances with religious leaders, he pointed out their hypocrisy. Instead of shunning those in poverty, poverty he welcomed them into his kingdom. Instead of getting the word out across the world, he consistently told his disciples after his teachings, after the miracles, hey guys, don't tell anyone about this. It's an incredible. Sure, huge crowds would gather from time to time. And as they did, they would come and they would gather. But what were they there for? Well, the masses were there just to see the next show. To see what Jesus was going to do next. When the teachings got tough and personal, the masses left him. Throughout his time, the disciples, he routinely told them that he would soon no longer be with them. He told them that if they choose to follow him, they will experience pain and suffering. He even predicted that they would all abandon him. Now, this is not an example of a great motivational speaker, is it? He told them that in order for his kingdom to come, he's going to have to suffer and die. Who would want to follow a person? If that is what they're telling you. There was even one very prominent moment in the life of Jesus. after all of these things, after all of these nobodies, after everyone criticizing, even after people trying to take his life, there was a prominent moment, and that is the moment we are celebrating today. It's the moment that it seemed like Jesus had made it, that this nobody from Nazareth actually had become somebody on his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. On Palm Sunday, the day we're celebrating, Matthew 21 says this. Jesus asks his disciples to go get a donkey. In fact, the colt, the foal of a donkey. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes, to you gentle, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He goes on to describe a very large crowd had spread their cloaks, their coats on the road, while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road in front of him. The crowds went ahead of him, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna, save us, son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and they asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Now the crowd was with him. This crowd, many of them were with him when he had raised Lazarus from the dead. And those same people were continuing to spread the news of this incredible miracle to all that would listen. Now, not everybody was happy about jesus's triumphant entry it seems as if uh, there were some people there that went out to meet him because they performed this sign they wanted to see this jesus and some of those people were in fact the pharisees and they began to look at one another and say hey what we're doing isn't working look everybody the whole world now has gone after him so as jesus comes in they actually approach jesus and they tell him hey uh, make your people be quiet Make them stop, Jesus. And Jesus kind of casually probably said, you know, I could do that. You're right. But here's the thing. If I did, the rocks would cry out in their place. It's an incredible scene. It's an incredible scene. This nobody had become a somebody. The word had gotten out about him, I guess. That's probably going to happen. You know, if if you're the one that happens to raise somebody from the dead that's been dead for four days, people are going to begin to talk and wonder what's going on. With you. They want to see. So he heads into town, right? To start a revolution, to overthrow the government, to make right generations of wrongs on the people of Israel. The people seem to have fallen in line behind him. They're screaming at him to save them. But even in his arrival, Jesus very subtly reminds them that he probably isn't who they think he is. He didn't come in riding a white stallion, surrounded by soldiers all around. He came in on a donkey, in fact, a colt, the foal of a donkey. And he came in surrounded by a bunch of nobodies, some men and women that had been following him from the very beginning, no one of any power, influence, or bearing all kinds of weapons to protect him. Jesus over the course of the next week, did make numerous public appearances. And yes, he did get a bit angry when he visited his father's house, the temple, once again to find it again in shambles. A bunch of thieves had overcome, overrun the temple. Once again, he got very angry in that moment. That might have been a little bit to pique the interest of those around him, hoping that, hey, he is coming. He is coming to overthrow the powers that are holding us back right now, the ruling powers. But then he would slip away each evening to protect himself because he was under serious threat of bodily harm even death at that point as well there was no grand speeches no huge public shows of force but there was a statement a statement where he referred to the taxes to pay to caesar and he said yeah you should do that (laughs) and that's the exact opposite of what everyone who thought they knew who he was that's exact opposite of what they thought he would be telling them He also condemned the gifts of the rich, and he lifted up the pennies of the widow. His final evening, he spent with his closest friends, sharing the traditional Jewish Passover feast meal, as well as some very strange teachings about this bread that would soon be his broken body, and this wine that represent his blood shed for them. They couldn't have had any idea what was going on. And then he led them in a, what was a peaceful nighttime prayer session in the Garden of Gethsemane that got rudely, violently interrupted. Jesus, a nobody in the eyes of the world. He wasn't a conquering king, at least, not yet. He will become the Savior, but not just of the Jews. The Savior of the entire world, the Savior of you, and the Savior of me but not in the way that everyone thought he would. He will soon become the suffering servant, the one who would bear our sins and suffer in our place. Surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities the punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed like all we are sheep we've gone astray each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him Jesus the iniquities of us all he was oppressed and afflicted yet he Jesus did not open his mouth he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living, from the transgression of my people. He was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, and with the rich. And with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was deceit any deceit found. In his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see that his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hands. After he, Jesus, has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, that's us, and he will bear our iniquity. It's an incredible passage, a reminder that Easter is coming. In fact, it has come many years ago, but we celebrate Easter this next week. We will soon be remembering the day that Jesus, our Messiah, the King of kings and Lord of lords, and nobody in the eyes of the world, resurrected from the dead, freeing all who will come to him, all who believe from the power of sin and death and offering for each and every one of us an opportunity to be adopted into his family and spend eternity with him in heaven. Now, one thing that's difficult to do in these times is truly offer an invitation time where you publicly react, but the Spirit can absolutely be moving in you right now at home in your recliner to have you get up from that recliner and to consider what the Spirit might be moving you to do right now is the Spirit of God moving you to make a decision for Christ to accept this gift of this Savior that we just read about in Isaiah, to accept this nobody who, in all actuality, was the somebody, the Son of God, the Creator of the universe. If that is your decision today, there's ways you can ask for prayer right in that app that we were talking about earlier, that website we were talking about earlier. You can converse with us right now and make that decision and give us your contact information so we can follow up with you and we can bring you here to this place or to a pool or to a bathtub or to whatever and baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Don't miss this moment if God's moving you to do that today. At the same time, there may be those of us watching who, in this time of social isolation and distancing, we are finding ourselves lonely, and we're having a difficulty feeling or sensing the presence of God in our lives right now. I pray this week that you get deep into His Word, that you get deep into prayer, and that there's somebody that reaches out to you and speaks to you from God on His behalf to encourage you and allow you to experience the Spirit moving in you right now even in these rough times. Let's pray for that to happen. Father God, I pray right now as those that are watching all over this world potentially, Father, if they've never made a decision for you, Father, today is the day. Let them make that decision for you. And if they're able to notify us in some way, Father, we will rejoice with the angels in heaven. We know there's people who are listening who have not made that choice, and we pray that they do. Father, we know there are many believers listening, and these times that we're in right now are, be, are difficult for them. Father, no fault of their own, they're just feeling this distance between you and them. Father, you haven't moved. And so it's time for them to open up their minds and their hearts to you and allow you to come in and fill that void that they're experiencing. you can do that so many ways. You can do that through your word. You can do that personally through them with prayer. Father, you can use us to reach out to those individuals that are struggling and encourage them. Father, I pray that we step to the plate and we do that today in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And one of the incredible things that we do get to do each week and I, I pray you have your resources, whatever juice you have at home. If this is your first time watching, you can grab anything. You can grab a cup of water. You can grab a cup of milk. You can use any kind of juice you might have in your home. God doesn't care. You can use unleavened bread. If you have it, use some crackers. Get some saltines out. Rip off a piece of bread. It, it doesn't matter what you use at all. And we get to partake in the Lord's Supper. There's no more meaningful time in this time of year to remember what Christ did for us. And so we'll take just a moment here and reflect on that. And if you're one of those people right now that's feeling distant from God, this remembrance brings you right to His feet. You should sense His presence in that moment as we take the bread that He offered to us to remember His body being broken for us. as we take this juice and remember the blood that was shed to close today we want to start by thanking all of you that have been able been very generous in giving to the church in these absent times Um, and we just want to remind you the different ways that you can give you can text any dollar amount to that number, 84321, and when you do that, it'll pop up a little screen. You click that link, and it'll take you right to a place to select Berea Christian Church, and then you fill in your information. You can give on the Donate Now button right there on our homepage. It's right at the top, right above this video that you're watching right now. Or you can, um, and and you can do two different ways there. You can link your bank account and give an e-check, or you can use your debit card. That is just fine. And absolutely, uh, you can still send a check to the church, and that will get counted. And all of these ways will still get credited to you. Um, You'll still get uh, all that at the end of the year and things. Don't worry, that, that won't be lost in this shuffle and these difficult times. This is a huge need for the church uh, to continue everything we're doing. Our food pantry is still open. I believe this week we only had about 12 folks come in. The week before we had 19. My guess is next week it'll probably be an even greater number than 19, maybe the biggest week. That we've had yet, and so uh, we're still supplying those needs and looking for new opportunities. And if you hear about any opportunities that, that you can bring to us uh, that we can serve in this community or help out in this community, please let us know. Email the church office, there's all kinds of links all over the website to contact us and get us that information. But thank you for being generous in your giving, um, thank you for continuing that. And if you need help getting some of these set things set up, uh, send me an email and I will call you and we'll get it all dialed in so that it works well for you. I'm excited about next week, guys. The challenge that we have in front of us to make next week the biggest Easter service ever. For Berea Christian Church, we couldn't hold the amount of people in this room that we are live in right now. We could not hold that many people in this room. I I, I just can't wait to see the number of views that we get next week during our sermon, and it's all going to be because you guys are out there reaching out to everyone you know to join us next Sunday at 10 a.m. Right where you are, go to our website link. You can use the new Berea Christian Church online. Um, that church to, to link in that way so you can chat all kinds of things and don't forget about Friday night Friday night it's going to be a very intimate quiet reflective service and we really look forward to sharing that with you we do realize it's later there's a reason for that you'll find out why that is later on this week thank you so much for being a part of this morning with us. We're so grateful that you're willing to be a part of these services. We know it's different, but hey, we're making the most of it. Thank you for putting up with our technical issues that we'll continue to have because we are not trained professionals in this area. We're doing the best we can to honor God do the best we can do, and we hope that that um, is pleasing to Him. Truly, it's an audience of one that we're presenting this to, and we must always remember that. Thank you so much. Have a great, holy day week and we look forward to joining you on friday night at 8 30 and hopefully i'll see some of you this week um, through our philippians devotion series as well have a great week everyone